get up, get, get up, get up. Wow. Wow, what a series. The Subway Series is over. The boys are buzzing in the stadium for both of these games. And I mean, the atmosphere was unbelievable. The games were unbelievable, start to finish, exciting. I mean, these games were some of the best Mets-Yankee games I can remember in a long time, especially because the Mets end up winning both of them, sweeping the Subway Series at City Field in Queens. We're going to talk about every single game. We're going to briefly talk about Game 2 at the beginning just because, I mean, James, insane. it was insane, right? It was this atmosphere it felt like the playoffs. This was probably yeah. the most intense Mets game in person I've been to in a decade. I mean, even like Pete Alonso, they were talking about after game one, he was saying that playoffs. he felt like he was playing in a playoff Escobar game. Escobar, too. Yeah, because Pete has never played in a playoff game. Yeah. And he was like, this has got to be what it feels like, and he can't wait. The, the atmosphere was insane from the start of oh every single game, and the way that game two ended with the walk-off hit, I mean, that was one of the loudest roars I've heard in a long time. And keep in mind, there are plenty of Yankee fans at the stadium, too. Like 30%? Yeah, it's really easy for them to get a ticket. I mean, just like anybody <laughs> can. You can go on any website and buy one. But the Mets fans showed up. They were rowdy. And I think they really did make a difference in this series. Like the Mets fans made a difference? I think so. I think so. This team seems to play up to the fans and whatnot. And this is just – this is like that beginning taste that we guys were telling you about in the second half preview. Like this is what it's all about. Like this is why you root – for a team. This is why you get so excited to come to a ballpark for a game like this. Like, this is the atmosphere you strive for. And this, these were good baseball games between two good baseball teams. And that's the last good thing I'll say about the Yankees because we just swept them. Yeah, we just swept it. That's a high five. That's high a high five. five, no doubt. I mean, like, uh, you can hear it in our voices a little bit. A little hoarse. A little yeah, raspy. Screaming. Yeah, because the boys were yelling. Let's right. go ahead and just do our quick little shtick before we really get diving oh. into these games. If you guys are not yet following us on all our social media, make sure you are at MetsedUp. TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're looking for the YouTube video, it's going to be on the New York Mets YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe over there so you don't miss out on those episodes YouTube-wise. If you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find them, you'll be able to listen to us. Drop us a rating, drop us a review. We do see them. We appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe to the feed as well as download the episodes. It really does help us out. Just crazy, right? Such fun games. Like, being at the ballpark both of these days was ridiculous. I mean, like, in all honesty, these games are significantly less meaningful in the yeah. terms of the season. It's an for, interleague game in July. Yeah, for the Met, like Braves, Phillies, even like a Marlins game, even <laughs> playing the Cardinals or the Padres. Like those games actually mean more because we are actually competing with those teams. But there is something special that I feel like, is there any other rivalry in baseball that is like a crosstown rivalry that feels this way? I don't know. A's Giants. Yeah, but like the A's. Back in the day, I guess it was more so than yeah. it is now. They did play in that World Series in the 80s sometime around then, early yeah, 90s. Think so. yeah. Whatever. But this still has just this whole like New York animosity that doesn't go away because both fan bases and both teams have such an identity. They have for such a long time. Like the Mets are like blue collar, probably a little more rough and tumble, kind of the underdog kind of thing. And the Yankees are like, ooh, big of my britches. I'm a, I'm a New York Yankee, 27 rings, yada, yada, yada. So it becomes. It becomes like a personal thing. We mentioned it last episode. Like this is a premier social event yeah. in New York. And like you could just feel it in the ballpark. Both games getting off the subway yesterday, like five thirty, yes, five twenty-five, and it was packed, jammed up car the whole way here, lines to get in early. Same thing today. Yeah, I mean today. Yesterday, yesterday, I, yesterday when you guys were listening to I got this. to the stadium a little bit earlier than you because you have a real job. Yeah. And YouTube, ooh, can yeah. do whatever I want. <laughs> but I mean, even going home on the train, obviously we're not doing it now because we're recording this, but the subway last night. I left relatively later than most people, like maybe 20, 30 minutes after the actual game had ended. 
And the subways were packed still, because that's how many people were here. There was guys selling beers on the subway. People were <laughs> screaming and shouting and chanting and blasting music. Like It was so much fun to be a part of this. I know some people have had different subway experiences, <laughs> but this feeling as a Mets fan right now is, is pretty awesome, especially for what is relatively a meaningless game. But like, Yeah, relatively. But yeah. it's still like, pull the Subway Series out of it, pull the Yankee part out of it. This is still one of the better teams in the league playing another one of the better teams in the league. That's, and yeah. when you can do that and go up against them and like play nine innings of good baseball, good defense, good at-bats, most good pitching, like, and you can take a team like that right to the edge and find a way to win both games against what no one can say is not a really talented team. Like, that is a really good feeling, no matter who it is. Yeah, I mean, most baseball fans, I think, would agree that the Yankees were the best team in baseball probably coming into this. Maybe you picked coming the Dodgers. In, maybe coming into the All-Star break. Yeah, maybe coming into the All-Star break. But one of the two best, and the Mets are kind of like that third team maybe well, on some power Probably rankings. third, because Dodgers-Astros. Okay. And Yankees proved in the last couple of weeks they're worse than the Astros. I guess that's fair, yeah, because they can't, they can't beat the, the Astros. The Mets did the same thing. Yeah, but you know who beat the Yankees as well? Who? Those New York Mets. Yes, we did. Mets beat the Yankees 2-0 on the year. Mets run New York. The Empire <gasps> State Building will be orange and blue. I suggest you take some pictures because it's going to look great. Oh, what it was you, beautiful last you night. You got to light it navy blue and white? Like, what is that even going to look like? I don't are think the that, lights, doesn't work. Do you got to have navy blue lights? Blue and orange. Those are real colors right there. The Empire State Building. When I was coming home on a Tuesday night and I saw the Empire State Building blue and orange, I was like, that's it. That's, that's what it is. That's how you know. It's the Mets City right now. I mean, wow. Like, all right, all right. Enough of us hyperbolizing a little bit. And Pontificating. Pontifi- look at these fancy. I don't think mine really actually makes sense in the... No, I mean, we're not hyperbolizing because everything we're saying is true. We're it not is exaggerating. Yeah, this that is, is real true. stuff. That this is, is real. The Mets just beat the Yankees for two games, and we feel great about it. feel great about it, especially because when we're talking about game one, it started off... Not great. No, and you could you could feel the Yankee fans getting their Yankee way when Aaron Judge hits a home run and then Anthony Rizzo hits one back to back of Taiwan Walker. People are screaming, flexing, you know what's, pulling out the chains. You know what's so funny to me is that if you're on Twitter, uh, you know we're both very active on there. You should follow both of us, Giraffe Neck, Mark James Shiano. You would see Yankee fans trash talking Mets fans for saying this is your guys' World Series. This is what you guys live for. And then as soon as the Yankees get a lead, they start acting like yeah. it's their World Series. So it's very funny to see the hypocrisy in these Yankee fans pretending like they don't care, but that's only when they lose. Because once they start to get a lead, this matters just as much as their 27 rings, you know? 100%, even possibly more, because it's happening right now, bro. Like, you, you can't beat us. We own this Tough city. guys. Yeah, literally. And just, you know, the other funny thing that just feels like a long time ago, I feel like we say this every episode now, yeah. but when this game started on Tuesday, Mark and I looked at each other, and we were like, oh... These balls are in play tonight. Yes. These balls are in play tonight. Especially when that Anthony Rizzo home run went out. It's like that, that's not a ball that goes out. And it's really not a ball that goes out. That was Anthony Rizzo's first opposite field home run of the whole year. And only his fourth in his last 1,200 plate appearances dating back to 2020. Yeah, I mean, when you think of Anthony Rizzo, he's basically a dead pull hitter. Yeah, literally. And that was only the fifth opposite field home run this whole year between Anthony Rizzo hit the ball 103 miles an hour with a 22-degree launch angle. Only the fifth opposite field home run all year. With a long exit velocity between 103 and 104, and a launch angle between 22 and 23. Four of those five came in July, and literally two came on Tuesday, because Ryan McMahon hit one exactly the same. Which but is crazy. We had, to, we had the special balls. These were national games. The, the, all eyes were on the Subway Series here, so, and it was fun to start out that way. Yeah, a little, little, little juice in the baseballs, and the Mets felt it too, because after going down 2-0, they answered back immediately, which is something that this Mets team, I think, has been really good at. And this moment, I think, changed the entire complexion of the series, because yes. from the end of this first inning... On Tuesday, the Mets did not trail the Yankees. No. They literally took the lead and did not relinquish it once. I yes. mean, like, they were technically tied. They were know, tied. I, that's why I said they didn't 
trail. You said didn't relinquish it. Oh, they okay. did relinquish they it. They did relinquish it. But they didn't yeah. trail. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you're, you're the English guy over here. I make YouTube videos. <laughs> English. Yeah, <laughs> American. <laughs> historian over here. True. But Mets got up in that first inning. Because Jordan Montgomery, he was a good pitcher. He's a pitcher I thought South would Carolina give the Mets talk. fits. Yeah, because he's a big lefty with a hook, something the Mets have struggled with time and time again. Brand Nimmo didn't get on or get a hit, but he set the tone with, I believe, was an eight-pitch at bat. Yeah, he got down, work. got down 0-2 as well, which cool was moment. kind of the story in the first thing, too, is that Montgomery was able to get ahead on these Mets hitters, but they just scrapped their way back into getting in advantageous situations. Starling Wood, Starling Marte, with his 10th home run of the year, a rocket to get the City Field crowd back in the game when we were losing 2-0 and things felt kind of grim for a moment. 10th home run of the year, five of which have come in the first inning. The dude's a spark plug. And the first Mets outfielder that have 10 home runs and 10 steals. Since Curtis Granderson, 2015, Yankee Met, stat by John. And you also know what happened in 2015. Yeah, that's true. The Mets actually went to the World Series in 2015. In case you guys don't remember that. More uh, recently than the Yankees have won a pennant as well. Yes. I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't yeah. won one in quite some time. Yeah, but no, I, I, yeah, yeah. It's either here or there, no, right? Yeah, we're not talking about the past. And when Dorr got a double, Pete smoked a double that was hit ridiculously hard. And then the hero of the series, his signature Mets week. Unbelievable. Eduardo Escobar. Two run, yeah, two run, two one run. run, four run first inning off Montgomery, put that guy out of our sights early, and we're cruising. Like you said, set the tone. One of the big things that ended up being really important in the series was bullpen management, and you saw yeah. it early with the Yankees yanking Montgomery early in this game, and as much as the bullpen did kind of hold it down for them in game one, you could see the effect that it had later on in the series in game two, especially towards the end of the game. Absolutely, and now because we're jumping around a little bit, but eventually the Mets did win game two because they were facing Wandy Peralta. Not because yeah. they're facing Wandy Peralta, but they got the hit off to win off Wandy Peralta. He was the only Yankee reliever, if my memory serves me correctly in this moment, who pitched twice. I believe so, yeah. Which is a little bit bizarre with the array of options they had back there for him to be the only one. Just shows the lack of confidence that they have in that <laughs> big left-handed arm of Roldis Chapman. What a shell of himself he is. How bizarre was it seeing him in the sixth inning of a game the Yankees were losing? Yeah, A low-leverage situation, as low-leverage as it gets. I mean... I kind of enjoy it. Yeah, I, it I, I really like to see a roll to Chapman struggle. Uh, I enjoy. I enjoyed winning this week's estimate, sending Mark into, I believe, a three zero or a four zero hole. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm deep down there. I'm down, I believe, three nothing at an absolute minimum, trying to dig my way out. But you know what? Just like the Mets, I'm scrappy. I'm resilient, and I will make a comeback. Do you know who else is scrappy and resilient? Who would that be? Taiwan Walker. That guy is. He's a bulldog. We I said want to shout year. out Taiwan Walker because after that first inning, there is a there's a good chance for a pitcher, any pitcher. To unravel. When yeah. Aaron Judge hits a bomb off you, it's Anthony crushed. Rizzo hits a cheapie, the crowd, the place is going crazy. There's a palpable energy in the room, and you're suddenly losing in a game that everyone kind of felt the magnitude of, but he only allowed one earned run after that first inning. He got out of trouble in the second with a very nice pickoff move of Isaiah Kiener Falefa. So sick at pickoffs, by the way. We mentioned that all the time. How like, good he is at pickoffs. The right-handed pickoff move is something that has gone by the wayside. Just pickoffs in general. It's an art. I mean, you always think of the great pickoff guys as being lefties. Not to mention a Yankee, but Andy Pettit probably being the best one there ever is. And Taiwan Walker literally just continues to get guys, it seems like, every single game. John just told us. Live stat by John. His four pickoffs this year are the most of any right-handed pitcher in baseball. That sounds about right, yeah. Best right-handed pickoff move in the league. I mean, he's so quick with it. And he missed it. a month. Yeah, he missed a month. He may, oh, my God, he missed a month, and he has <laughs> the most pickoffs. I, he does it so well, and he, he picks the situation so well, too. It's always like he gets it when he needs it, and it does really change the whole flow of that inning. 
And if you're a guy like Isaiah Kiner Falefa who doesn't have that much power and has had an up and down season playing shortstop for the Yankees, you, you can't get picked can't off get first. Picked off there. What are you doing here? <laughs> uh, it brought a smile to my face. As much no. as I have no animosity towards IKF, because I think the guy's a nice dude. He's a grinder too. Yeah, he's a grinder. Gotta respect the small guys. Oh, we, didn't we did we meet his girlfriend or wife we did. last year at the Rangers game? Yeah, yeah. nice, nice one. Nice guy, but yeah. congratulations, you got picked off. Thank yeah. you. And there were another couple of testy moments here where Taiwan got into trouble. I think back to the uh, the long fly ball Anthony Rizzo hit in the fourth inning oh. that made every Mets. Fans' heart drop, their yeah. stomach fall, because it went to the wall, and you, you saw what was going on early. You thought maybe, I don't yeah. know, but it happened. Got out of it, and he found a way to throw two innings after that to complete six innings for his ninth straight start. Longest streak of Taiwan Walker's career. Final line, red. Six innings, three earned. Quality start. Quality start. One walk, three strikeouts. Oddly enough, this is something we talked about at the beginning of this game. Actually, your dad was texting us that when yeah. he was giving up these home runs in the first inning, for some reason, Taiwan was pounding the fast stuff. Sinkers, cutters, forcing fastballs. Threw 10 of those in the first inning compared to only two split changes. The rest of the game, he threw all four of those pitches, though, three of those pitches, the fastball, the sinker, and the cutter 36 times, and the split change 34 times. Yeah. The highest percentage of split changes thrown in Taiwan Walker's entire career, Tuesday night, and they're at 36% usage rate, and the pitch was incredible. He had a big strikeout of Aaron Judge on it. Huge. He had another one, I believe, of Matt Carpenter. He's yep. throwing at higher velocity, which... I didn't really notice at the field, saw it later when I was like yeah. going back over the notes, but got multiple whiffs on it. Again, mentioned that Judge won. Amazing. He's a bulldog. No, he's Grind to throw. Such a bulldog. And, and retired the last seven batters face. Yep. I mean, like that, that split change just completely changed the outlook on Taiwan Walker. There's no doubt about it. He's just been so crucial for this rotation. And to go up against the big bad Yankees offense that, oh, what are they going to do? They hit so many home runs. Yeah, it's because they play in a little league stadium. I'm going to say it. It took us, I don't know, how, how long are we in here, John? How many minutes before I mention that? I would say about uh, 12. Okay, yeah, 12 <laughs> minutes for me to bring up the little league stadium, it, but I had to. It only took Gary Cohen, I think, three innings on Tuesday to bring I, it up. I mean, we're both ordinary Mets fans at times, I yeah, believe. Yeah, in our hearts, that's what we still are. That is, like, one of my favorite things to just drop because it's so irrelevant. Like, both, both teams get to play in there, but you say Little League Stadium to a Yankee fan, it's just like their blood boils, and they're like, both teams get to hit there. Ah, <laughs> like, they get so mad, and there's, there's really not anything that I enjoy more than winding up a Yankee fan, for those of you who know me from my YouTube days. And the Yankees' days. You're done? You're no, former no, YouTuber? No, I'm not done. No, 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 no. <laughs> my you YouTube days. That's, deep, that's deep, like a past tense. Deep cuts. Deep cuts. Because I've, I've calmed down on the Yankee yeah. trolling a little bit, as the Mets are now good and the best team in New York. Of I course. Mean, we, we talk about the good stuff here, but i gotta, I got to take my jabs when I can. I think now the Mets' record, they have their like 8-2 and two in the last 10 against the Yankees, something strange like that. I mean, they've at least won three straight. John's got us. 7-2 and two in the last nine games, which is dominance. That is dominance. 7-2 yeah. in the last nine against the Yankees. And something the opposite of what happened to Jordan Montgomery. We talked about Taiwan going six innings. That created this wonderful opportunity for the Mets to create a bridge to the end of this game. And that started with Adam Adovino, yeah. who came in for the seventh, got through it, started the eighth. Edwin wound up coming in, but Adovino got out of it. Giving up, I believe, no runs? Maybe it was one. No, no runs, right? Yeah, Not one no. run? No, no runs. He was, he was great. Down to a 0.94 earned run average over his last 28 appearances. But, like, you, you, we talk about this, and this was, this was one of the guys that both of us circled, and we said we want to be a Met, was yeah. Adam Adovino. Oh, and, yeah. again, the peripherals sometimes can look a little rough because he will have that one blow up in a year. But he also is, a reliever, small sample. He is a small sample, but, man... I don't know. He puts on a live by Kid Cudi and something happens. The dude just gets into his zone. He's walking around barefoot in the outfield before the game. He's getting, locked in. Getting one with the field against his former team who traded him away to Boston. No hat. No hat. The dude's in the zone. I mean, he has just been – Edwin Diaz has been the best reliever, obviously, on this team all year. But Adam Adovino. Yeah, in baseball. I forgot. Yeah. 
Best in that, baseball. Make that, make that distinction. Of course. But Adam Adovino, this bullpen is different with him right now. It's also just very welcome that as Trevor May got injured, Drew Smith was hot and cold, Seth Lugo's been hot and cold, he has taken the setup role and he's run with it and he's become as dominant as he's ever been, literally. It's good to see him on this side of New York, the right side. Absolutely. The winning side. Yes, and we mentioned before, Edwin came in during that eighth inning with a couple men on, struck out Joey Gallo on five pitches. I thought it'd be three, wound up being five. <laughs> that was a mean joke. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> Listen, I should have said that. It is. It's 11 15. I, I feel for Joey Gallo, truthfully. Yeah, I talk. Oh, poor Joey Gallo. I know, the Yankee yeah. fans, they're really, they're really doing it right. The Yankees fans have proven to be so toxic that they're, they're actively ruining an all-star's career. Like, I've never been one to, like, booing of players no. and stuff like that. And I get it. Like, sometimes it's going to happen. But the Yankee fans seem like they want Joey Gallo to fail. And that's it's, crazy it's, to it's me. It's sad. It's very awful because Joey Gallo in his career has been a great player. And the Yankees gave up kind of a haul to get him last deadline. Yeah, no, no big names, but four major leaguers. Yeah, I know. You love the major league players. You guys get to the major leagues. You're, you're performing. You're active for a team. Is he, I kind of like Ezekiel Durant, who is a player. Glenn Otto has a little bit of stuff. There's a chance that those guys have all performed to have more value offensively this year than Joey Gallo for the Yankees. I think each one individually has more value than Joey Josh, Gallo. Josh Smith is the close one, and maybe not Glenn Otto who pitches. No, who's the fourth guy in that deal? Who's Trevor Hover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's yeah, in the he's minors. In we don't worry about him. But, yeah, yeah Gallo yeah. struggled, and a lot of people around the park were a little ornery because they're like, you pinch it, Gallo. This is the <laughs> guy you go to. And, honestly, there were some situations in this game where Aaron Boone kind of didn't make the right decision, one of them being, I'm going to jump ahead here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But one of those big moments was that big RBI that Jeff McNeil got late oh, yeah. in the game when it was a 3-1 count with a base open, and he told Albert Abreu, basically just throw it in there. Go after him. And he said, like, be smart or something like that. And Abreu grooved a 100-mile-an-hour fastball to McNeil, who had been in a slump. I think he was 0 for his last 19. 18. 18. 18, whatever it is. And he smacked it to left field, got the run in, and that ended up being a huge run. Any extra runs you can get late in the game is always awesome. And for Massive. Jeff McNeil to get a little bit off the schneid, hitting the baseball a little bit better. I'm sure he's a little tired. He is a newborn. Of course. And uh, the All-Star weekend, so that's a, heavy, that's a heavy week. It's been a busy two weeks for Jeff McNeil. It's between almost as busy as it gets. It's supposed to be as, as least busy as it gets. I think he's more busy than me, moving, yes. going to Atlantic City, yeah. the card show. A kid? Yeah, yeah okay. All <laughs> a right. Kid. All right. A kid then traveling cross-country? You got to need it. There you go. But... Johnny Stats also giving us a great one here. Jeff McNeil's the highest batting average in Subway Series history in a minimum of 50 at-bats. Do you have the number for us? It was 381 entering tonight. I can pull the other right now. Give me one well, so it second. It might not be the highest anymore. Uh, no, it still is. Derek Jeter was second at two, uh, 364. Oh, so. the captain? That guy had no range. Yeah, that guy Jeter. So, <laughs> actually, you know what? He did fall. No! Yeah. no. Live, terrible breaking news on the pod. Jeff McNeil that still ahead of Scott Brocious. Okay, okay, thank God. So we've got that going for us, but yes. Wow, uh, so two former Yankee great third basemen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice infield you could build there with those three. Yeah. 
I guess Bajita would play first. Scott would play yeah, third. Probably yeah, probably Bajita at first probably base. probably the most sense <laughs> yeah. possible. McNeil would probably have better range of shortstop. That dude, oh, by the yeah. way, oh, yeah. between <laughs> second base and left field, his defensive value has been so good for the team this year. Positive OA at both positions. And also, he made spectacular play at second base yeah. earlier. Oh, I think an in inning before, I think it was still out of the on the mound. One of the better infield plays we've seen from a Met this year. I didn't know Jeff McNeil could move like that. He like literally went full flying squirrel, had like the legs flailed and the arm underneath like the shoulder and just... Great, Spun it in. Great picture online if you guys. Follow yeah. the Mets up Instagram. We'll post it on there. Yeah, for we'll post you guys. it tomorrow. Shots from the Subway series. We'll go and get you and we'll, you know, grab a couple. Yeah. Along but with. This was it, guys. Edwin Diaz wound up shutting it down. Four out save with four strikeouts. Got a little dicey. We're a player just dropped the ball. Dropped the ball. That was bizarre. Yeah. I, we were kind of freaking out a little bit. But Edwin Diaz, Taiwan Walker, Adam Adovino, and the meat of the Mets order. Starling Marte, Francisco Lindor, and Pete Alonso in this game had seven hits and five runs out of two, three, and four spots. And this was while we were all sitting in the owner's box, which is a, a beautiful view behind yeah. home plate. Very yeah, nice. Yeah, and, and owner's box. And it's, owner. not, it's not the owner's okay, box. Okay, it's, it's one of the. It's not the. One of the boxes. Yeah. Uh, what, what a view. Not a bad view. No, fantastic per, view. Perks are doing the podcast. Oh, yeah. great, great, very comfortable chairs in there, too. Great chairs. Really cool design feature that desk chairs in there. Yeah, I like that. Love it was a very good desk comfortable. Chair. We were we were high fiving Tim Robbins. Yeah, which was really cool. As Shawshank Redemption is my favorite movie of all time. Chaz Palmieri, who's yep. Bronx Tale, one of my favorite movies of all time too. Just beating like oh, holy sh- holy crap. Yeah, <laughs> shoot, shooting rubbing, shooting it with uh, rubbing shoulders. Rubbing shoulders. I like that a little bit better than yeah. my expletive because you know I have to sneak in a curse every once oh, in a while. Oh my god! But this was this was a great game, and this almost left us with what felt like a little bit of. I don't even know. It was, it was there was a weird lull in the stadium before game two. Definitely, the high coming off game one was sick, and like the Mets kind of have this feeling where you win game one, you got Max Scherzer in game two on his birthday, no less. Yeah. Like you're in the catbird seat. The Mets were, I believe, like minus one ninety favorites in this game against the yeah. Yankees. The Yankees team that has like sixty six wins or something like that. Like, Those big bad Yankees. Big bad Yankees. But you know what? Got them again. They started off with Pete Alonso jumping on a hanging Domingo Herman curveball in the second inning. Bang, 132nd career home run for Pete. Tied Michael Conforto for seventh all-time. Pete Alonso in 2019, 2020, 2021. Short 2020. Short 2020. Basically only three full seasons right now, games-wise, has the seventh most home runs of any Met ever. It's pretty good. Says as much about the Mets history as it does about Pete Alonso. 10 for 16 in the homestand. I mean... This dude just continues to rake. He was in a little bit of a cold spell, remember? I think the home run derby might have gotten him going again. That's what I told you. I said, I can't wait for the home run derby. Because Pete, it looked like he was maybe stuck in between. Do I want to just get a hit or should I try to hit for some power? And it seems like he's found that power stroke again, which is great. And just that lineup moves so well when Pete Alonso is pushing the the train along the tracks. Absolutely. And this lineup moved a lot better today with... Daniel Vogelbach. Daniel Vogelbach. 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 Freaking sexy back. In the middle of it. He got on base a few times. One of those times coming in the third inning. An inning that ended up culminating. Oh, it might have been fourth inning, actually. I might be jumping around here. But whatever. Francisco Lindor tacked on insurance run. RBS single. Driving in Tomas Nido, who hit a double. Yeah. Great series from Tomas. Great series. Great series from Tomas. He also Tomas. threw out Anthony Rizzo in he that did. game one, which yes, was a yes, big yes. throw Yes, yes, yes. That was a big throw Not out. a, a double, throw. A weird double steal. Judge, yeah. they only, the judge still two bases. Well, Adovino doesn't hold out runners well. That's like one no, that's thing. that's a relief but thing. When you don't let on guys, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And we're up to nothing, and you look on the mound, and you see you see a dude with two different colored eyes, and you know you time to be scared, because Max Scherzer was freaking dealing. Unreal. Oh, my God. Wound up seven innings, only five hits that were scattered, two walks, six strikeouts. Interestingly, interestingly enough, three of those strikeouts came against one player. Do you know who it was? The MVP of the league, right? Shohei Otani? Oh, 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 yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. No, Aaron Judge. Aaron oh, Judge. My bad. Oh, the yeah. guy's the second place MVP. Yeah, guy. I don't know. It was weird. They were chanting MVP when yeah. Shohei Otani plays in yeah, the same no, league. Yeah, it's bizarre. And He's I an Anaheim. I don't know about you, but 
usually MVP shows up in a big game. Usually, I mean, I would think so, especially if you're an MVP. If you want to win the MVP and you're facing one of the better pitchers in baseball, I hope you don't strike out three times. He also got out with the with the winning run on base. I know. In the ninth yeah. inning, yeah, he did do that. Tough, tough game for anything him else. He screwed up tonight. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I just just an offer with a couple strike uh, strikeouts and big moments. Yeah, a couple big moments. He had a big strikeout to end winning. Was that? I have it in the notes here to oh, end I, the seventh with first and third. Dude, this game even feels like it was a year ago. <laughs> I've like the the amount of chaos that ensued at the end of this game. It makes everything else at the beginning almost feel irrelevant. Yeah. But I mean, basically, everything that happened while Scherzer was in the game didn't matter. It didn't matter. Didn't matter at all. It was 0-0, basically, once he left. I want to highlight the strikeout judge to end the seventh. Because, again, it was in a situation where the tying runs around base. Go ahead, run the play in Aaron Judge, if you don't remember. Oh. Real quick, guys. Just to kind of add a little salt to that wound. Aaron Judge tonight, or on Wednesday night, swung and missed a season high seven times. Wow. No other team had induced seven whiffs from Aaron Judge. Until tonight. This is great. I love you this. Know, you want to know another funny one about this strikeout? Max Scherzer got a swing strike with 97-mile-an-hour fastball. His fastest pitch of the night. Also, the only whiff he got with that 14 fastball of the night. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, the 97 late in the game like that, especially when it felt like maybe he was getting a little tired. Yeah. He's got that dog in him. Getting some guys on base. Yeah, but he does have a dog in him, of course. And Scherzer struck out Josh three times tonight. As now we've said four times, five times. Scherzer, Wait, how many times did he strike him out? Scherzer struck Aaron Judge out three times tonight. So Aaron Judge struck out three times against Max Scherzer in a big game in big moments. Yeah, also got to highlight Max Scherzer's slider, one of the best pitches in baseball. Ten whiffs on 14 swings. It's over 70% whiff rate. It's absolutely ridiculous. He's just so good. We mentioned it was Max Scherzer's birthday, 38th birthday. Lowered his birthday ERA to 0.82. I mean, there's... Does it, five career starts. Even having five career starts on your birthday is kind of like statistical anomaly. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's played like, what, like... 15 years-ish. Only been good for like 12. Yeah. Oh, only good for 12. <laughs> Maybe 11. Only dominant for 12 <laughs> years. Only won three Cy Young Awards. Also, Max Scherzer, 1.39 ERA since returning from the IL. He also just been doing this thing. Most of these starts, he just doesn't give up base runners the first two innings. Yeah. It was really nice to like grease the wheels to get to seven. I know that happened on the start last Friday. I didn't say anything this time, guys. No, yeah, yeah. Mark I, I, up last I learned. Week. I learned. I know the, the power. The Cubs game started off hot, too. The Reds game started off hot. It's freaking awesome. 45 strikeouts and four walks as well in the five starts since coming off the IL. There's just something about playing on your birthday. Granted, me and you never played baseball on our birthdays because we are winter boys, January no. 15th here. Played in town basketball on my birthday once. Yeah, I played travel basketball as well. That sounds amazing. And it was, uh, you, you always just perform better on your birthday, I feel like. It's, it's, there's like a different power. The coach runs a play for you. <laughs> like beer pong? You play better beer pong on your birthday? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, January 15th. You, you don't miss any cups. Oh, my God. Also, John, is this that, uh, the runner scoring position since he came back or the whole year? That is since he returned from the injured list. Even even another one since Max came back. Held opponents to three for 22 with runners in scoring position since coming back from the injured list. 136 average. And if you're talking to Yankee fans, you'd hear them complain because that's what they do. They're like, oh, we hit the ball so hard. You guys got so lucky. Oh, my God. I mean, Real it's, ballpark, though. Yeah, it's a real ballpark. We're not playing with 210-feet walls in right field. Real infield defenders. Eduardo Escobar made a nice play. Francisco Lindor called a screamer. Real outfielders. Yeah. Brandon Nimmo, Starling Marte, Marcana yeah. played a great Marte outfield. Marte made a great sliding play did. in a dead sprint, too. That was an awesome play. I mean, you could say that you hit the ball hard, but what did it amount to? I mean, usually when you hit the ball hard, you score runs. I, Yankees fans, they seem like a real big ex-Woba fan base. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, sure they're they, going. They care a lot about their expected stats. They, yeah. they had great expected stats in this one. Which is also funny because a lot of their home <laughs> runs would have low expected stats, actually. Oh, of course, they yeah. they sneak over that 210-foot park. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they do. Love. I just, yeah, you guys see what I like to do here. I like to I take can. any shot I can. I have to address the elephant in the room first, though. Because okay, fine. I've been talking about David Peterson in the bullpen for a couple weeks now. David Peterson now, two bullpen outings in a row, has not been good. That being said, 
I'll come to his defense here. I think I'm still going to defend him. I was just going to point it out. Yeah, I think that there is a learning curve from a guy who's probably been for his entire life yes. a starter because, yes. I don't know, he's a first-round pick. I'm sure nobody ever told David Pearson, why don't you pitch less? Why don't you pitch a, a few less innings? <laughs> I mean, the guy has been really good this year. I don't think this outing is going to define the season that David Peterson has or the pitcher that he's going to be the rest yeah. of the year. But it's definitely worth noting that it was interesting. Also, tough situation. I mean, tough situation also because this happened on, I believe it was Saturday, and he looked a little bit uncomfortable coming out of the bullpen. So then he – and also a big part of this is that Adam Adovino and Edwin Diaz each threw multiple innings yeah. on Tuesday night. So there's a good chance they weren't available. I'm sure Edwin may have found a way to come in this game if the Mets took a lead. If they needed it, yeah. Yeah, but you kind of probably looked at a guy like Peterson here and was like, if you have your stuff, you can finish this game. And when he looked uncomfortable – on Saturday, and then he immediately walks the leadoff man, Anthony Rizzo, the lefty. He was basically brought in to get out. Yeah. In the eighth inning on Wednesday, you're suddenly not feeling that comfortable. Gleyber Torres gets a fastball, sends it out. Nice opposite field shot. That was not a cheapie. That was a real home run. Gleyber had a good eighth. Yeah, Gleyber had a good eighth. Gleyber's a good ball player. You can't really take that away from him. And well, of course, I mean, he, he, didn't, he didn't win any games. This no, he didn't, he's not won any games yet this week, yeah. so we can't take that away yeah, from him. Yeah, we can't take that away yeah. from him. And then, of course, after that, Peterson clears his head, strikes out Matt Carpenter, I think, on three pitches. Yeah, he, I was like, I one, know. two, I, we literally, I think we were still getting over the home run, yeah. and then all of a sudden, we're like, oh, there's an out. Yeah, which is whatever. And then Lugo came in, cleaned it up, and he was awesome. This, was this, this felt like old Lugo. He was throwing 97. Two respect points. No, three respect points. I, I'm giving him four. Okay, so I'm giving you're going him four, four respect points I'm going to Seth Lugo. Yeah, three respect points for me for but Seth Lugo. Curve was curving. The slide was sliding. The fastball was 97. Like this is the Seth Lugo that we all know. This is Seth Lugo we've grown to know over the last few years. And it was really nice to see him threw return. A, threw a 92 mile an hour slider. I he can't. Was, he was sitting 97 with the fastball. I, I, like that is the difference between the nasty Seth Lugo and the Seth Lugo that we've seen at yeah. times this year. And he got through two of these innings to get a situation, win the game. And before that ninth inning happened, though, the Mets did. Rally in the eighth yeah. off of this was Clay Holmes, right? This was Clay Holmes, who is if Mets fans didn't know Clay Holmes, he's pretty unbelievable. I won't slander him. I won't no, slander, you can't him. slander him. Yeah, he's that, like one of the best relievers in baseball. Means, he only throws one pitch. Yeah, he only throws one pitch, and he knows where it's going every single time. And you saw it in this inning. Lives in the shadows. He, he, yeah, he born in the shadows. I was born in the shadows. <laughs> that was a bad bane. That's bane. That was great. It was okay. That was not a good bane. Yeah, hands on the mouth. That was actually good. I was born in the shadows. That was actually significantly <laughs> that was better. Good. That was good. That was good. Shout out Tom Hardy, but. Vogelback, why do we like Daniel Vogelback, Mark? The guy gets on base. <laughs> At least three times a night. And we didn't, he's just been, he's a fun little player. I, I don't know what the nickname's going to be is, for Daniel Vogelback. Is little the proper word? No, he's, <laughs> he's, a, fun, Dan, he's, a, he's a fun player. He's a little in height. I think he's about normal, average <laughs> height. But he's definitely. He might be about six foot, foot, six foot nothing. Yeah, he's a, he's a little bit wider. I mean, we have we had Big Sexy. Is he yeah. bigger sexy? Can, big, we, can big, we call him that? Bigger and sexier? Bigger and sexier, <laughs> Daniel Vogelback. I mean, he has really, really good at-bats. And against a guy that like Clay Holmes, who is really tough, I was Impossible. super impressed with how he handled him. He did. He fought off a couple tough pitches. He took a couple really close ones, and he was really jacked up. He like Talk about making that line a move. <laughs> one of my friends sent a group chat after the game. I met saw it. He said, Daniel Vogelback pimps his balls. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> he sees the balls, like, yeah, all right, let's go. He's let's feeling himself. There. Yeah, he has and a little shoulder rub. Got this... Got, Got a runner scoring position, had a chance. Jeff hit a laser. That Glabel Torres, a nice little pick, look what I found kind of play. Great defensive shift on Jeff that the Yankees yes. pulled out there. If nothing else, the Yankees got great numbers behind them. Well, Fantastic not, numbers. not that great. They still lost both games. Yeah, to the big Mets. number this series was zero wins. Yeah, that's, zero wins was the big number. That's the big one that the Yankees are going to remember. Oh, my God. They, they freaked out so badly they traded for Andrew Benintendi within minutes of the Moments game. Moments after the game. Moments. Which, that's, if you ever thought about, you know, freaking out over reaction, 
they were like, this can't ever happen again. We need Andrew Benintendi because that was the missing piece. I mean, a guy who gets on base. Yeah. Makes some contact. Relatively speaking. I hope he, hope he gives them a shot in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, man. That was good. That was good. That was good. Let's move on to the ninth. Let's pass. Let's move past that one. Let's talk about Eduardo Escobar, who, at the start of this inning, I looked at James. They brought in Wandy Peralta, which, big mistake to give Eduardo a chance to hit righty. Some lefty, reason, again, the only Yankee reliever pitched twice this series. Lefty has not been his thing this year, but right-handed bat swinging. That was not good English. Right-handed, right-handed bat swinging. Right-handed bat swinging. Eduardo has been so money this year. And I looked at you and I said... Live bet a home run. And yeah, I tried. I tried my hardest. Yeah. And the ball goes in the air. I'm like, go, put the bet through. It ended up being a double, roped it, hardest hit ball of the year for Eduardo. He really, two respect points for Eduardo Perez. Or yeah. Eduardo Perez. Eduardo Perez was here. Eduardo Escobar. That's th- you know what? Three now because I messed up your name. Well, the Perez is a follower. Yes. Messed up podcast. Follower of both of us. Yes. 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 Big, big guy. David Cohn gave David Cohn two. Yes. He asked us how the podcast was going. David Cohen yeah. and then he asked said, us how it was going. And then he said, come see me tomorrow. Let's hang out. I looked for him. Couldn't find him. Couldn't find him. He's a busy man. He's a busy man. He had the national broadcast. He got a lot to do. But that ball off Eduardo's bat, 111.5 miles an hour. Mark said, hardest hit ball of the year. Hardest hit ball in this entire game. So all the Yankee fans were belly aching about hard hit balls. So Eduardo Escobar hit harder than any of them. Hit it harder. Hit it harder. Maybe you get a hit. Maybe you score runs. And another quick note about Eduardo Escobar, that, that double was on the first pitch of that plate appearance. He's been sneakily really good when swinging at the first pitch and putting it in play this year, slashing 300, 317 on the slug, 600, two homers, four doubles, and a triple. So nice. you turn him around, and then you throw him a fat one over the plate. Here's a question. What's up? How could your batting average and your on-base percentage be different on first pitch swings? Oh, errors? Just errors? Yeah. Errors affect on-base percentage? Errors okay. choice. There it goes. Okay, there it is. But, you know, didn't we talk about this too earlier in the year? We're like, we've noticed that when Eduardo is doing well, He's way he's he's, jump. he's yeah. jumping at the ball. When he's not doing well, he's seeing more pitches and, and also, walking, which tell is us, weird. Tell us we didn't predict this, guys. But Eduardo Escobar drew all those walks in April. Yeah, <laughs> those are gone. That's fine. <laughs> Swing it like this, right-handed. I don't care about you getting on base when you're swinging the bat, as no. Eduardo Escobar was this series. Led to a beautiful, beautiful Tomas Nito sack bunt. Which got is nervous a, after the first try. Got a little nervous. A little nervous. Got a little nervous. You know what? Salt him a little bit. Tomas Nito. What is he like? The best bunter in baseball, possibly. Right now, he has seven sack bunts. Only Victor Robles has more sack bunts this year than Tomas Nito. <laughs> Tomas Nito, man. Little that, things. That was little big. things. Little things. That's little what we things. need out of him. That's what we need of our catcher in the nine hole. Tomas Nito to make a difference when John. he absolutely can. I was just going to say, give a terrible joke that you need a guy like that in your oh, lineup. Oh, God, boo. boo. Can, can, 30 seconds, kill the mic. Can, <laughs> can, the, the, editor mic. In, can the editor put in booze and like throwing tomatoes or whatever at John for that one? But, but you need, that Zasak bun's very important. We're, we're, we've, we've dubbed ourselves an anti-bunting podcast, but the numbers do tell you that when you, can, when you only need one run and you can get a guy from second to third with just one out, very much in your favor, drop the bunt down. Only time you should ever bunt. And yes. that was the perfect time to do it. Really happy the Mets pulled it out. And then we got the Nimmo number. Nimmo number. Wandy Peralta couldn't make the play, and he was pissed. In that moment, he knew he had lost. Yeah, he that, <laughs> knew he had lost. It was, it was in that moment. He knew he, and then you can fill in the rest there for the Baseball meeting. images that preceded unfortunate events. Yeah. Wandy Peralta banged his hand on the grass. Laying, laying there, because, of course, the Yankees lost both games to the Mets in yes, this series. Yeah, didn't yeah. win any games at City Field. And they lost this game because Starling Marte had a laser into left field. Walk off, ran around first base. Airplane wings flying around. Pete, who was amping up the crowd, first guy who hopped over. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The boys wanted this one and they got it. Yeah, no, that was a huge, huge moral victory along with a really big victory for the Mets beating one of the better teams in baseball, winning at home, taking the Subway Series, being the Kings of New York, showing everybody who's boss in this city. And it's just, it brings a smile to my face. Because, again, this is, this is a big pride game, for sure. Absolutely. And especially as someone a, who likes to trash talk the Yankees as much as I do. It's a premier social event in New York City. It was, it was awesome. The vibes were great. The, the, from pitch one, like we said, everybody was cheering loud. And, I mean, what a great way to end the Subway Series, a walk-off. That's a, that's a real dagger. Amazing. Real dagger. This uh, is Mar- Starling Marte's 11th walk-off hit since 2014. Two more than any other player over that span. There's also a little like a bit of a Diamondbacks reunion with Eduardo Escobar. Yeah. Double down the line. Sally Marte bringing him in. One of my buddies was here tonight, Dalton. He's from Scottsdale, Arizona guy. He was rocking a Diamondbacks jersey in the crowd. Must have just confused the hell out of people. But hey, the Diamondbacks ended up winning the Mets the game. It was meant to be. It was. Mets' ninth walk-off win in franchise history over the Yankees. Second one I've been to, which is pretty cool. Okay. Let's see. Ooh, John with a nice little question for us here. A little peppered him in here. Can you name all of the Mets? With a walk-off RBIs against the Yankees all time, so Matt Franco, I know you're going to know that one. That is correct, and we also know David, David Wright, Wright, of David course. Wright. And we have Starling Marte, so we're missing now six guys. That's, right. that's like impossible. You want to go, or you want me to go first? I'll give one a shot. Ty Wigginton. Not Ty Wigginton. I feel like I've talked about Ty Wigginton <laughs> yeah. with the Yankees. Pete Alonso. So often, you Pete Alonso. Oh, yes. I'm at Rosario. I'm at Rosario. Ahmed, yep. Yes. Piazza yeah. on there. No, Mike Piazza. Yeah, okay, I guess Roger Clemens was too busy throwing at him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, throwing bats at him because he was. I thought it was the ball. Gotta play a weird one now. There's four more. Garlo Alfonso. No Fonzie. Robin Ventura. No Robin Ventura. Olerud. No John Olerud. Man, all right, just tell us we're getting them. Wait, one more. Agbayani. No (laughs) Agbayani. All right, I'm gonna go backwards. So May 28th, 2013, the Mets send Mariano Rivera off. Daniel Murphy. No, Murphy had the leadoff double in this inning. David Wright tied it, and then who drove David Wright in with the winning run? Do the. That's correct. Yes. Oh, there you go. Pull nice. That. Good pull. Good pull. Uh, okay. July 3rd, 2011. Here's a good one. Jason Bay. Oh, wow. God. That wasn't getting yeah. mad. Yeah, those are the dark he days. He saw a Jay Bruce jersey in the crowd tonight. Jay Bruce Blue Mets. Yeah, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Threadheads. We're throwing all the weird jerseys oh, you like on the, there. You like the Threadheads? That's what, that's what we went with? Threadheads? Yeah, we yeah, took we Threadheads. threadheads John. We took Threadheads. Good. All right. So the other two, Shane Spencer. Wow. I, that's okay. And then Luis Lopez, who I once met at a Bob's back in like how is that? How do you have a story about Hold Luis on. Lopez? Two, two alliteration <laughs> names to close that out. Yeah. Shane Spencer, <laughs> Luis. Luis Lopez. How, John, for those of you guys who don't know, we talk to John a lot when we're at the stadium. John's a freak. He, he's a stat freak. But he somehow has a connection to every single person that I've ever mentioned to him. And he just, Luis Lopez, he had a story. About, you met him at Bob's, you I said? Met, I met him at a Bob's. I think it was in Freehold, New Jersey. Was it a signing or you just bumped into Luis Lopez? Nope. My dad and I were at Bob's. Um, by the way, Central Jersey is a thing. No. And, yeah, it is. Okay. No. But you don't think so? I don't believe so. I believe we grew up in Central Jersey. North and South Jersey. I don't know if depends, that's true. It depends if you say Taylor Ham or Pork Roll. I don't know. There's, there's no there's between. More, no one says Taylor. There's more nuance than that in life. No way. We're not north. It's like two hours for us to get to the New York border up there. That's not even true at all. For us? To get to the New York border? To from, the throughway 287? From Westfield? It's yeah. not take two hours. It's an hour flat. An hour flat? An hour flat. Taking the over. Okay, we'll yeah, see. That could be the next estimate. That could be the next We're estimate. renting a car. <laughs> and we're driving and we're finding out how we can get from Westfield. We're getting on the Garden State Parkway. To well, yeah, one nine to two eighty seven. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, something like that. I just I just drive it. Follow the GPS. All right, 
be foolish to trust a map. <laughs> I'm trusting maps. I'm talking about knowing routes. <laughs> well, I was in Central Jersey, and I met Luis Lopez. My dad recognized him, and that was it. I was like, oh, my God. I met a Met, and uh, I think it was the first Met I ever met in my life. Really? No pun intended there, so. That's like seriously a name I've never heard of. I did that at Lighter, Sports Authority, also in Central Jersey. Al Lighter watched me uh, take some BP at a place called DBAT in Union County. Also Central Jersey. Yeah, yes. Central Jersey. No, it's in North Jersey. <laughs> also Central Jersey. North Jersey. Wow. But anyway. All the stuff in Central his Jersey. His son Jack Lighter was doing practice in the back. Oh, his son he, Jack. His son Jack, yeah. <laughs> he then also. I've heard of him. <laughs> he, he's okay. He's pretty good. He was a number two overall pick. He proceeded to then see me have an expletive laden rant because yeah. the guy who was in the minors who was Wait, wasn't Jack me, one? No, he was still, no, was still, yeah. yeah. Uh, the guy who was in the minors who was throwing a live BP to us threw up and in, like 90-something, hit me in the hand. I thought I shattered my hand before the season. <laughs> throw the bat I down threw screen. the bat through my helmet, started screaming. <laughs> I wish I knew the guy's name because I'm sure he, uh, I, he clearly didn't have much of a career. He couldn't throw to me. I was 16. So uh, just, <laughs> just a rant I had to go on here. A couple other fun stats from this series. Mets held the Yankees to 0 for 15 with runners in scoring position. Wait, the... The New York Yankees. Yeah, no hits. Runs scoring position. Well, oh, yeah, that makes sense. They, yeah. they lost both games. Yeah, the, it, I believe the Padres either had like one or two or a few hits runs scoring position last year, so this may be like this trend from the Mets pitchers bearing down. I thought the Yankees had the MVP. He surely had to drive someone no, with runs scoring position. No, Shohei plays for the Angels. Oh, that's right. My yeah. bad. And oh, Well, De'Aaron Judge guy, then he must have driven in someone. No, actually none. Oh, he yeah. drove him himself the first inning of the first game. That wound up being irrelevant. But then he struck out three times against, against Max Scherzer. Scherzer. Yeah, yeah once okay. he's scoring position. Yeah. Short-term memory. I'm that's like tough. Dory from Finding Nemo. And also, we're splitting this on the other side here. The Mets had eight extra base hits in this series. Mark mentioned this before. Four of those eight came with two strikes. Yep. So as the Mets pitchers are bearing down, the Yankees pitchers can't put us away. No, of course That's not. That's a shame for them. <sighs> it's awful. Hate, hate to see it. Hate no, to really see hate it. Things, things you hate to see. Yeah. We got them, dude. We got them. Let's talk about – let's have some fun with the Yankees again. I mean, I, I can't so, help yeah, we're, we're already here. I can't help myself. It's 1145. The train has left the station. Yeah, we're, we're taking Ubers home tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, what's the other option? <laughs> yeah, the G train's not running for you. No, it hasn't run in a month. <laughs> We're going to do the big three. We've done this. We haven't done it since, I think, being in person with each other. John had taken a trip to another country, a foreign yeah. country. Paisan John. Yeah, Paisan John. Johnny Lennon's over here. <laughs> Johnny Lennon. We're going to do the big three. Is that Lennon shirt again? This is not a Lennon shirt, oh, and I, I regretted it this it's morning when I was mix. walking in my car. Yeah, it was a little hot, but I don't have, the, the shirt you saw me in is the only Lennon I have. <laughs> John, it was a great shirt, though, I must say. It was I, a great shirt for the veranda. It's a great shirt for the bay. I appreciate that because I left the house. I asked my wife. I was like, is this a good idea to wear this to work? She said yes, and then she was like, hmm. and then I started kind of feeling a little <laughs> self-conscious. But uh, I got compliments throughout the day you on it. You so. rocked it. You rocked it well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll wear it again maybe one with, day. With we'll the Amalfi see. tan, of course, yeah. But we got to make fun of the Yankee fans here. So we're going to do the big three yeah. of – Typical things Yankee fans do, typical ways Yankee fans act, typical ways they look. We're going to stereotype some Yankee fans here. We're going to have some fun. Uh, just a refresher. Big three. Are we each picking one or are we each picking three? Each picking three? one. Each picking one. Only one each. One each. And okay. that's the big three. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go last here for this You're one. You're going to go last? I'm going to go last. I'm going to let right. you guys take it because you know I just have a, I have a Google Doc full of these. <laughs> Again, I got to think of one. Oh, my God. Right. John, you have one? Oh, I've got a couple. I've got a couple. I want to hear James first. I'll go second. Put me on the spot. Put James on the spot a little bit here. Think about it. We were around them all day I know, but I'm trying to think of, like, which one sticks out the most. Because we were around those two guys by, like, the the right field corner. Those were typical Yankee fans. Yeah, oh, yeah. These guys were, like, beefy and talking like this, complaining. Saying, bro. Yeah, bro. Bro. It's okay, bro. It's all good. You see these guys, bro? So I would say... Put me out there. I can hit. I would say big move for a typical Yankee fan. If they're not wearing a tank top, 
is wearing a shirt that's generally at least one size too small. Yeah, that's fair. They're trying, like the Luke Foy, busting out. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a Yankee move. Tight, tight shirts. Tight shirts. John? My big three entry for this is the Yankee fan who, in conversation or is calling sports talk radio, is trying to trade Miguel Andujar <laughs> for a star every single time. It doesn't matter who the star player is. We're trading Miguel Andujar, and you're giving me your best player, and it's a fair deal. It works out for both sides. Everyone's going to be happy. It is always. <laughs> They've been trying to do this Wait, literally since 20. You know what's funny? There's like a non-zero chance Miguel Andujar was traded for Andrew Bantendi. That's actually I don't, a good I don't, point. I don't think he was. I'm going to look at this right now. I don't think he was. There's a chance. There's definitely a chance. <laughs> I don't believe he was. But I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and if the, he is, it's come full circle. Yeah, this this is the perfect way to send Andujar office on the Mets podcast <laughs> to announce he's been traded. Mine? You want to hear this? I'm actually not going to say it. Yeah. Look, look at that Michael Marino tweet. Oh, wow. That's funny. That's funny. Okay. Shout Mike. Good Come guy. Uh, mine's going to be, I, was, I thought you were going to the 27 rings thing. I really did. And no, no, um, no Miguel, Miguel Andujar in the trade. Three we pitches. can still put Miguel Andujar yes. in, our, in our mock trades. Yes, yes he's still Thank around. God. That, that, that Yankees just won the trade because he still can make mock trades. To me, I mean, like, I thought John was going to steal it. Thank goodness he didn't. It's, it's bringing up 27 rings. They, how, many, how many rings, bro? How many of you guys won? I mean, it's shocking how badly Yankees fans live in the past for a team <laughs> that loves to brag about how good they are in the future, yet by, by my watch. I know. The Yankees are going to win the farm. The, 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 what's it? Struggling with this farm, one here. Farm System World Series. Oh, yeah. yeah. Best good, minor, good best minor league system in baseball. Yeah, good for them. What about the real World Series? <laughs> Been a while for the Yankees. You know what else is funny that kind of puts everybody Yankees fans this series? So many Yankees fans wear these old school jerseys, the Gehrig, the Mantle, the oh, Maggio, the Ruth. One. Yeah. And they have names on the back. Do these guys know anything about their team's uh, theoretically storied history? I'm normally like against gatekeeping things in baseball, but for the greats, like you mentioned, you can't, you can't put Ruth on the back of three. That's like you, you want to put Glaber Torres' his last name? Okay, fine. You want to put Joey Gallo? I don't know why you're buying it, but go so ahead. So one. Garrick on a four. Yeah. Ruth on a three. Animal. That's absolute animal. Like that's... Yankees fans have one of the highest percentages of animal in the whole league. <laughs> Truthfully, if we're Which, putting a number on it, you guys, this probably is something... you're probably sitting between twenty and thirty percent. This is saying that me and James drop to each other <laughs> probably once every time that we're hanging animal. out with each other. Is that we're not animal? <laughs> no, it's a lot of good fellows. Putting a name on the jersey is just—it's up there. I it's mean, crazy. You got... Mantle, you're gonna soil the jersey with a mantle on the back? Are you kidding me? Mickey Mantle rolled over his grave if he saw a name on a jersey like that. It's one on the front that matters, not the back. If you're a real Yankee the fan. When they're a real Yankee fan. If yeah. you're a real Yankee fan, you're going to get the wool jersey. Yes. And you're going to sweat. You're going to sweat. sweat it. You're going to get it nice and loose. Pinstripes. Pinstripes only because the gray jersey is one of the Oh, worst. here's actually a fun one. If you're a Yankee fan, I don't think you're actually allowed to wear pinstripes because you have not earned pinstripes. Yeah, you haven't earned those. You haven't earned, the, you haven't earned the pinstripes. You can't wear them as a fan. All Yankee fans should be wearing plain white jerseys with the emblem because you haven't earned them. You haven't, you haven't even stepped on the field. You can't, pitch. You, can't, you can't hit. Yeah. These guys can't hit. Yankees didn't earn their stripes no, this series. Absolutely not. They took him off everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, maybe Glaber. Glaber had a good series. Good series. But the Yankees did not, as they lost uh, two nothing to the Mets here. Yes, and keep two, rubbing it in. Not two nothing in one game. They lost two separate games. Yeah, that was that was a rough one for the Yankees, and a, a great great series for the Mets. Feeling really really good. We talked about the estimate earlier. We got to do our one for this episode. So John, what are you dropping for us here? Because I please help me out. Give me something I can get right one time. <laughs> I'm trying, Mark. I told you last episode. I'm rooting for you. I don't Trapping want this through, to be a total runaway. I think there were ten, ten, ten pitches. pitches. He had the smoothest inning of his entire season. I oh, couldn't believe it. Man, I'm sitting at the control room when he comes in the game, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, whatever. It's a sixth inning. This is very nondescript." And I, in my head, I'm thinking, "How yeah. big this inning?" We were doing the same thing. Eyes are glued. We were hanging out in the box, and everyone was like, "What are you guys doing?" Well, no, we can need this as a big inning for us. I don't even know. Um, I can't wear a tuxedo. 
Oh, yes, you can. I think you look sharp, man. Yeah. Oh, I look great. There's Pat, no doubt about Pat it. leather shoes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look fantastic, but it's, I need a cold, cold April day. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully well, no rain. No rain. <laughs> hopefully no rain. Well, let's see if we can get you on the board here. Um, going to go with something different. We had you know, done a little production meeting uh, briefly before the show. I have a change here. Okay. Okay. So this is the question I posed for you guys. Chris Bassett facing off with Sandy Alcantara on Friday night down in Miami. Second time they'll face off in about a month. The last time they faced off, Chris struck out nine, and he also comes off a start where he matched a career high with 11 strikeouts on Saturday against the San Diego Padres. So, <laughs> how many strikeouts will Chris Bassett have oh. this Friday in Miami? God. You want to go first? You want me to go I first? I think. I, what's like? What's you went? You went first last time, so I'll give. I'll defer to you if, as the loser as well. Okay. Oh, man, I'm gonna split the difference and go eight. I'm going to go eight. I think that's a good number right there. That's probably where his line's going to be. I'll go under eight. I, I knew you were going to go under you. eight. Of James, James is an under man. It, when, we were, when we were doing our bets this year, you love the under. I do. The unders in baseball are great. <laughs> Everyone loves Ben Overs. The unders always win. Overs club. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. He managed to strike out 11 with only 10 whiffs, right? Right, yeah. James? So you think that the whiffs will go up. That, that felt pretty low for Chris Bassett, especially with his 5-6 pitch mix. It really depends if Joey Wendell's in the lineup. That's like that's, <laughs> that's, that's the, the big difference thing. in this game is because that could be a spot that could give you three extra strikeouts. It depends, Joey yeah, Wendell's he, not he's there. Really, no, is John, John Brady's still not playing this John series, Birdie's right? out, so we don't yeah, have to worry about out. him. That's another guy. That's, that's, a guy that's, that's a guy who was not striking out. That's a huge – that's two respect points. Yeah, two respect points for Brady for not playing? Yes, for not playing. Yeah. Only two? I give him like six. six. Well, we, he's still a rat. But. Yes, but – yeah, whatever. <laughs> but – John, 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 let you know. First matchup of this series coming Friday night. 6.40 start time Friday. Everyone be aware. Half hour early. 6.40 nice. game. I enjoy those. Yes. Mets fourth time facing off against Sandy Alcantara this year. That stinks. Yeah, I don't know how we, how we run into that. And then Saturday, 6.10 game. I don't know where they pulled that one out of. What are these times? I don't know. But Carlos Carrasco versus Trevor Rogers. Okay. And then a Sunday matinee, 1.40. Taiwan Walker versus Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez coming off, I think, is one of his best starts of the year on Tuesday. And he looked sharp the last time against the Mets. Yeah, he's, so. a, he's a very good pitcher. Did you see what the Marlins said? They said that uh, every, you can call us about anybody not named Sandy Alcantara. So Pablo Lopez could be available. I've been saying Pablo Lopez in trade rumors for weeks now. I know. He'd, he'd, privately. he'd be fun. He'd be a fun player to take but a look at. But they're definitely going to look for major league ready bats in exchange for that. I don't think that's so. really what they need. I think so. I don't know. I think they might be looking for, like, I don't. I don't advocate this trade by any means, but I think they're looking for like a Brett Beatty who is going to probably be like getting ready next year. That's what I mean, but that's basically I'm gonna be right back. A oh, guy who can play, a guy who can play like next I year. I thought you meant more of like a guy who's at the majors right no, no, now. No, no, I mean like a guy who's you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna see in the major leagues in twelve okay. months. I think yeah. that's actually probably exactly what they want. Mm. That, that makes know. me groan a little bit. Makes uh, me, it makes me think. It's a we're it's thinking. A, that's over a think. Here. That's a thinking trade. Yeah, I don't know. They the Marlins again. We should handle them. You like, should, but it's it's hard to go that down. Imagine like, like think about how the Mets are coming off this series. Day off is big. Day off, but no, they're talking about like the atmosphere, the aura, playoff <laughs> atmosphere, sold out crowd, city field, people screaming for th- four hours straight, two days in a row, going down to seventy five people playing you in Miami in a dim in a dim ballpark. And the Mets fans show up though. The Mets fans yeah, do show up. Port St. Lucie is a quick, quick drive over. So, I mean, the Mets fans will be there and like, will the, be routed. Getting into the Subway Series this week was, what, like $200 after fees? Yeah, it was very 170. expensive. $170. i am sure you could Look get Look at the ticket prices for Miami. 12 21 16 Those are... Next week in Washington, 14 14 17 What you guys don't know, it's right behind home plate, actually. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> it's God. It's for the best seat in the house. No, yeah. I mean... I just feel like there's going to be an emotional high that the Mets are going to be coming off after the series. I'm kind of worried about facing... Potential Cy Young winner on Friday. Just like there's an opportunity to be flat there, which I'm not excited about. Listen, this Mets team, they've been resilient. They've been scrappy. I said it earlier. They've been gritty. They got that dog in them. 
Sandy Alcantara is going to be a tough one, but I really do think they'll be fine for this entire series. I think we've all said Sandy's name differently. It's it's Alcantara. I think it's Alcantara. It's def- I don't think I, I don't think, think it's I don't think it's Alcantara. Alcantara. I'll literally pull up the pronunciation guide right now. Okay, so I, when you look at Baseball Reference, it says all in all lowercase, then capital letters for K O N, and then Tara, I believe. Which to me, that's Sandy Alcantara. I call him Sandy Cheeks. Sandy Cheeks. He's anything but cheeks. The dude is money. <laughs> Alcantara. That's how it's said. A L L K O N. All caps. T A R A. That's what you said. Yeah. Alcantara. So Alcantara. Yeah. Now, do you Al- think Sandy's the kind of guy that would Alcantara. correct me for being wrong? No shot. Probably, no shot. Probably not. I got I got some flack on that from last episode talking about it. Also because Ryan's one of my college buddies of the game today. Shout out Ryan. His brother Brendan. Yeah, his brother out. Brendan. You gotta keep your voice down, man. Ninth inning, <laughs> ninth, no, ninth inning of the tie game. We this were just we were just sitting like five across uh, seats. Yeah. So we were like yelling across to have a conversation. Older gentleman turned around to Brendan and said, "Could you could you please quiet down?" And we were like, "Hey, it's the ninth inning of the Subway Series and we're tied." And then he goes, "The guy that goes that's humor about it." He goes, "Well, you're yelling about rattlesnakes right now." Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my friends were in Diamondbacks. It was a good comeback. That was a good comeback. It was funny. It's like, come on, man. It's yeah. it, it, what if a home run gets hit right here? We're yeah. gonna have some fun. The lower they got lower the music at City Field. We did get a walk off, so we it did get, get loud. It got right. really, really, really loud. But yeah, shout out Ryan, Brendan, and my guy Dalton from Mojo. Awesome series for the Mets. Amazing series for the Mets. Awesome like, and just, being in the ballpark both these days was so sick. Every all the fans going crazy. The atmosphere. The lights, the sounds, everything. The sights. It was a good one. It was a good one. I was glad we were here. I was glad we were on the field. Our first uh, official Subway Series as the official yeah. podcast host of, for the New York Mets here on the Absolutely. Mets Up Podcast. Any closing remarks here before we wrap it up? I met some of the draft picks, too. We can shout out the oh, draft okay. picks. Let's shout them out. Shout out to, well, we met Jet last week. Yes. We met Jacob Reimer, who, yes. weirdly enough, knew me. That was the weird thing. Draft I went up to, Mark Viewer. Went up to him and said, congrats on getting picked. And he's like... I watch all your videos. And I was like, well, that's that's weird because, I mean, he looks like he's 12 years old. He looks like yeah, a baby. Right, right. He's well, so he is young. 18. Watched his stuff. The dude can hit. The dude can absolutely rake. He played shortstop in high school. Mets put him at third base. Cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Tells me he's a good athlete. And the other guy I met, the outfielder, his name is missing me right now. Nick Morabito. Nick Morabito, yes. yes. And Blake Tidwell is also there, but he he was sitting away from us. We didn't want to bother. Impressive mustache. Yes, very impressive. Also impressive stature. Large man. man. Yeah, Large looks man. like he can really throw a fastball. But I think that's a perfect place for us to wrap up this episode of the Mets Up podcast, the official podcast of the New York Mets. If you are not following us on all our social media, at Mets Up on anything you'll, you'll be able to find us there and if you're trying to see the youtube video new york mets youtube channel you'll be able to find us there if you like what you're listening to make sure you subscribe to our podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify google odyssey whatever you got subscribe download like rate review i don't know i don't know how much more i can plug that just keep doing it we really do appreciate the reviews it reviews are awesome if we get some funny reviews we will read them live on the show so if you give us a five-star review and you either <laughs> crack a joke maybe you could roast us you could even roast john i don't even care you could do anything just if you give us a five-star review and it makes us chuckle gets our eye we will read it yeah so uh get creative with that and follow us on our personal twitters at draft nick mark and at james Sheehan. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you after the Marlins series. Let's go Mets. Best city in New York. We run the city. Best team in New York. Not best city in New York. That's oh, redundant. yeah. That was redundant. Yeah. I, botched the, I botched the outro. Best team in New York. Best team in New York. Peace out, guys. See you next time. Peace. Get up. Get, get up. Get up.